0: The Talking Point on SAFM, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You are listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for staying with us. If you just joined us, welcome to the program, seven minutes after 11 o'clock. Happy World Radio Day. It is uh, indeed an auspicious occasion. This program is not just coming to you live from 104 to 107 FM Nationwide. But it's also streaming to you live on all of our digital platforms. So you can go onto SAFM uh, Radio on YouTube, Facebook, as well as Twitter, and you can watch us. I've got very beautiful, good-looking guests here. Uh, Utatatami <laughs> has a beautiful smile, and you definitely do want to see that. Or simply just download the SABC Plus app. It's free on your App Store, and you can listen to the program over there. You can listen to all the SABC radio stations over there. I'm telling you, the audio quality of that live stream is incredible and doesn't use much data as well. We continue the program, and joining us to the panel is Tony Soglo, the business manager for SABC, uh, SABC's Fortune Combo Stations. That includes SAFM, Radio 2000, as well as Lotus FM. Tony, good morning. Thank you for joining morning us. Good morning to you, Oliver. Good to be here. Good to be uh, in the presence of OpenTummy.
1: Um, I was just um, saying it's been such a long time that I haven't seen him. Yeah. One of our mentors um, when we joined the ACBC way, way back when. And to just hear all the knowledge um, yeah. from a gentleman a young man i must say <laughs> <laughs> a young man of, of his age it's, it's absolutely brilliant and uh, yeah. um, thought-provoking indeed
0: you you grew up in radio i did where did it all start
1: uh. was it algoa <laughs> <laughs> not really um radio trans sky i grew up in Tata like in the eastern cape yeah and um growing up in the eastern cape in tata um, we used to listen to radio trans sky. and um, i i used to listen to radio quite very often with my dad in the morning. Interestingly enough, when I had my interviews for, for this position, um, it took me way back to SAFM because SAFM, almost full circle, when I was going to school with my dad, he always... This is sub A. Okay, yeah. I'm revealing my age now. Sub A, <laughs> 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 not grades. Still a young man. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not form, form, yeah. form one. Um, he used to listen to SAFM in the, in, in the morning. Vuyambuli way, 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 way back. And... Um, I fell in love with radio then, and then Radio Trans Sky. Um, there was a mentor of mine who I used to listen to quite often. And um, it was then that I fell in love with, with, with radio. Um, and I then sort of got into it um, at a young age. I was part of what was then called the Junior City Council of Mtata. Yeah. So I think they still have them, where schools have representatives who form part of a Junior City Council, where there's a junior mayor, yeah, we have a, a very IPT popular one here in Joburg. In Joburg, yeah. absolutely. And so I was part of the Junior City Council, and one of the things we used to do was report back to the community on what we used to do. And we used to use radio to do that. So we'd go to UCRFM yeah. at that time to, to do that. And at the first time I got into a radio studio at UCR, I was like, wow, this is something I really want to do. And so um, from there, started getting behind the scenes, then Varsity went into Varsity um, Radio. So. I literally have been through from varsity radio, to community, um, community radio. to yeah. regional, to national, the whole nine yards.
0: Yeah. Continental as well. Uh, you were in Ghana recently. Did you listen yeah. to any radio while you were I there? I did. I
1: did. I was there in Ghana recently um, in December. I uh, met up with actually quite a couple of um, the radio stations there. I uh, met up with a couple of the um, uh, management of the radio stations there because we want to try and see how we can um, bring the continent closer. From a from a from a radio perspective, yeah. which is what we're doing now, celebrating celebrating radio, um, and if if we were to look back in time, on what radio has done on the continent, especially we know that um, the theme this year is radio and peace, yeah, um, and how the continent has been ravaged by war in certain areas, from the DRC to Sierra Leone. Um, I mean, there's a story of um, the UN, um, a radio station in Uganda, northern part of Uganda, yeah. called Mega FM. Um, we know that there's war there, um, LRA, and what they're doing, what what what, what has been happening in in, in Uganda. Um, there's a program called Come Back Home on that on that station, which which is a program to activate the young fighters to get out of the bush, drop the arms, and come back and come back and integrate them into society. And um, I was watching a documentary on on that, and very young men who said. Killing someone to them didn't mean anything until they listened to radio, mega FM radio station and heard the impact of what they were doing, burning houses, killing young people. They heard the impact of what they were doing on radio and decided to drop arms, come out of the bush. And it's, it's just an example of what radio can do from a mass communication perspective, yeah. but also to speak to a person and speak to their hearts. We know what Madiba said about speaking to a person in their language, language. which is what the ACBC does very well. Yeah. Of. But Tamihaz has been in the ACBC for a while. He will speak about the importance of language, radio, and the ACBC. Yeah, and um, we can't, we can't, we can't underestimate underestimate the power of, of, of language in in radio.
0: Isn't it also on radio that most Ugandans found out about <laughs> Joseph Kony? Absolutely, <laughs> right? Absolutely,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, before you joined us, yeah. uh, Uta Tatami was making the argument that we have to ask ourselves a very important uh, question about a normative question about the role of the public service broadcaster sure. should it be a for-profit institution or not uh, and 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 what the balance of powers is does it yield to commercial interest and does or does it yield uh, uh, to public interest and by public interest we mean here funded through the purse of the public sure um you're you're judged on commercial performance yeah. Uh, it's tough having conversations with uh, commercial partners. There's more and, more and more of them are advertising and diversifying the advertising budgets on, 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 on digital platforms sure. and less and less of them spend it here. And few and few of us have to do with less and less. Uh, if you renew my contract, I'm going to ask you for more money <laughs> and you're going to tell me there is no money. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it comes back to are we financially viable, not just as the SABC, but radio stations across the world, across yeah. the country in particular, What's your take on that uh, ar- around the money? Because it speaks to the question of trust. Sure. Um, tough question. Um, I'll tell you why. Because
1: in the current day and age that we are in, any institution, especially from a broadcast perspective, um, should be considered as a business, yeah. right? Um, but we have a fundamental responsibility as, as the national broadcaster to be able to inform, educate, and entertain our public. The question then is that should we at the same time be expected to make revenue as a platform? And that is a conversation that we have on a daily basis. Running a station like SFM, for example, it's no small feat. SFM is the oldest station in the country. It's got the most transmitters in South Africa. You're looking at numbers north of 60 million rand to run a station um, of this magnitude in, in, um, um, per annum. And the question then is, who is footing that bill? Should it be the public? Should we be able to invest us, um, um, be able to uh, um, get that uh, money back through advertising? Should we be able to get the money through 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 sponsorships, grants, through grants? And and that becomes a conversation which needs to be had, um, because if we have a responsibility toward the nation, then that should be the responsibility. But I also understand from a business perspective that we have to be, if not profitable, at least be able to break even as as, as a business. And we have certain mandates that require us to um, um, take certain things. If we, for example, had to take the state of the nation address, which is what yeah. we would have to take, it will mean that during that period of time, we wouldn't be able to take or play any advertising. So we should be cognizant of the
0: fact that we I'll, I'll it has programming between. implications. Absolutely. Yeah. Give us a call, zero eight six Uh Let's go to the lines. We've got a number of callers up. Donald's calling in from Rustenburg. Donald, good morning.
2: Good morning, Oliver. Good morning, uh, morning to good the morning. East African Queen Day. Sheila and Guman.
0: She's left, unfortunately, but go ahead.
2: All right, all right, all right. And your panel, other panelists, I can confidently say, Oliver, nothing will unseat radio. Radio is the most powerful traditional medium of communication i, I can even prefer radio than even television and I, right now is i'm i'm here in south africa i can even listen to zimbabwean stories i will tune studio seven voice of america it's a one hour broadcast it's from seven pm so i can even get in touch with everything everything is happening on the ground so that's why i'm saying radio is playing a vital role in spreading
0: the message, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for that. Really, really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, Dada, I asked, I asked Tandy Smith uh, earlier on in the previous conversation Do we answer to ourselves what peace is? Do we give that word the real definition it deserves and then figure out how do we insert ourselves in that project? And I, I want to ask you the same question Do we answer, do we conceptualize peace correctly?
2: Well, maybe to answer that question, um, we used to say in Radio Frido that uh, we do not want to have the peace of the graveyard. <laughs> or even going further, peace does not necessarily mean the absence of war. You see, so in fact if i may as i was driving coming here some of your listeners talking about the crime situation in south africa were actually saying because of the number of people who are dying the statistics of people who are dying out of criminal activity in south africa we are actually in a state of war Mm. okay so It then depends, because if you feel you are threatened and uh, you are unable to walk at eight o'clock, you can't walk out of your yard because of criminal activity, you may well be correct to say, I feel my life is threatened and therefore even worse situations uh, are similar to this. But... You see, I think if we then juxtapose radio freedom, and uh, you must look at it within the context of uh, the universal declaration of human rights. Yeah. One of the clauses, in fact, in the, it's in the preamble. It says that um, human dignity is of paramount importance. Because if there is disrespect, I'm not there quoting it verbatim, if there is disrespect of human dignity, people are then forced to resort to other means in order to restore their dignity and their human rights, okay? And the right of nations to self-determination, okay? Now, obviously... If you take the ANC, historically, it is formed in 1912. But it only takes the decision to embark on armed struggle in 1961. Why? Why did it take 51 years before the ANC said, no, no, there's no other way but to embark on armed struggle? But the struggle by itself was not military. It was a political struggle. Armed struggle was a means to an end and not an end in itself. Mm. So when we used radio freedom, we used radio freedom to say, if we get rid of apartheid, which is the cause of our problems and the disrespect of our rights and dignity, then we're going to have peace in South Africa. So you could say, from my perspective, that radio freedom was actually an instrument or. an instrument or a vehicle to bring about peace in South Africa. Because if you look at the things that the the atrocities that were committed by apartheid right from um, uh, 1960 Sharpeville or you go to Namibia the Buluk massacre and uh, you come 1976, Madola, Maseru, which means that this was an agent of violence. It wanted to keep power at all costs. So we used radio as a powerful instrument to bring about and to promote peace in South Africa. Whether we have uh, been able to do that is a discussion for another day.
0: <laughs> Give me a call 086-000-203, to. We continue on the other side of this break. S A F M leading the conversation. Hashtag S A F M talking point. We continue the conversation here on The Talking Points. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for staying with us. We are talking peace and radio as we celebrate this World Radio Day. Dada, when you were a, a, a young broadcaster in Lusaka uh, working on Radio Freedom in Exile, did you think of yourself as a broadcaster or an activist or both? And I want you to answer the question many years later when you were head of radio here at the sabc did you think of yourself then as just a broadcaster or as a broadcaster and an activist in pursuit for peace and stability (laughs) (laughs) (coughs)
2: Um, it's it's a bit of a difficult question and also not so difficult maybe that's a contradiction in terms why because uh it goes back to how did i get into broadcasting in the first instance okay now when i left the country to join the anc the intention was to go and train as a soldier and become a soldier and come <coughs> and come with an ak into the country <laughs> and shoot <laughs> <laughs> you see so When I was uh, asked to go and do a course in journalism, I actually refused. Who asked you? Um, If I may cut a long story short. I've been very interested in writing all the time. I've been writing for my own pleasure, etc. So when we were in Dar es Salaam, Uh, Max Sisulu, he then asked us to write a story. I wrote a story about uh, a miner's strike. And uh, after I'd written that story, he came back to me and he said, the story that you wrote, is it something that happened in reality or is it fiction? I said, no, it's fiction. Uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, Yes, but... uh, (coughs) a fiction based on the reality of the South African situation. Yeah. Okay, mm. So he then said to me, we are proposing that you go and train as a journalist. I said, no, I'm not going to train as a journalist. And um, I was persuaded by O.R. Tambo himself when he came to see us. And the question that he asked me was, I agree and I appreciate and I respect the decision that you want to go and train as a soldier. But if we were now to take you to South Africa with guns and everything, how do you think the people in South Africa would receive you? Would they receive you as a freedom fighter, a liberator? Or they would call the police and say, we've got somebody here who's got arms and weapons of war. Yeah. Right? And it made sense to me. He said, I said, it's likely, very likely that the people would call the police. And then he said to me, we are now requesting you to train as a journalist because... Yours is a higher responsibility than the men with the gun. We are asking you to work on the minds of the people, right? On the minds of the people to be able to receive the men with the gun and support the men with the gun. But over and above, ours is not a military struggle. Ours is a political struggle armed struggle has been imposed on us by the apartheid regime and therefore armed struggle is a means to an end as uh, as i was saying so really at the end of the day we were operatives of radio freedom i was an operative of radio freedom director of radio freedom but yeah. the military aspect of it after i began to understand the things became a secondary thing rather than the primacy of the struggle in South Africa. I think that is why when the opportunity arose for the resolution of the problem of South Africa through peaceful means and through negotiation, the ANC did not insist and say, no, no, we want to fight until the apartheid regime is destroyed. No, no. We opted for the peaceful resolution of the South African problem. So, in answer to your question, I think, uh, as a Radio Freedom person, I was a peace soldier rather than <laughs> a war soldier.
0: Yeah. And and did you carry that that activist peace soldier ethos throughout your? Year? Yes. So completely. you're completely. So you're peacefully militant here in the building. Yes, <laughs> Tony. Um, was <Wazzy? laughs> he?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, but you see again as i say how you understand peace we're saying we don't want the peace of the graveyard right because
0: i, I, I want to drill in that, that you made this comment saying that peace does not mean the absence of war what then does it mean but before you do answer that i i, I want us to take a quick break it's eleven 30 let's take the headlines <laughs> SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We continue the program here on the Talking Point. It is World Radio Day. Uh, Tony Utatatami says peace is not the absence, sorry, peace is not the presence, uh, the absence of peace is not war. And when we think war, we think, we think uh, DRC, we think uh, parts of Burundi, we think. Uh, Sierra Leone, we think the Niger Delta. That's that's what comes to mind, right? It, it, is, it is not the South African situation that automatically is a war zone, but in many ways it is. Is there a place in radio for champions of peace in actively agitating for peace even when it is not popular? And I'm thinking here of Me being on radio and talking about the dangers of homophobia and getting a great deal of backlash from a lot of the listeners who do not believe uh, that homosexuality is is, is moral. Or even talking about asking the uh, existential question, what is violence? You and I had a conversation in part about that on Friday in, in, in response to the State of the Nation address and the EFF's protest there. Sure. Are we answering the question, what is peace? How do we inject ourselves into that? And how do we prepare our broadcasters and talent to be champions for that?
1: You know, when I took a an in-depth look at this year's theme which is radio and peace as you say the first thing that comes to your mind is is war my in-depth question to myself was what role are we playing as radio to bring about peace one on a micro level before we even go um, to a micro level yeah so a simple thing as what role are we playing to bring peace at home into homes into into our surrounding areas yeah. um into into our cities before we go into our countries then the continents, and then and then the world and that for me is, is 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 what i believe we should be having conversations about because it really starts within families it starts with 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 conversations around what is a peaceful protest for example yeah or how can i peacefully engage you without being able to stamp on what it is that you're saying or not hearing your point across how am I engaging my 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 thought process so that it is done in a peaceful way? Yeah, and that for me becomes a a a question of how do we as radio do if we go back a couple of years to um, the release of the M- Nelson Mandela and we look at the period after that before the elections? And Tami will be able to sort of even get more into this. When 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 before 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 the elections during the Codessa period, all the parties had said that they will not be able to one pick a date for the for the elections unless the A C B C had a new board. And when the board was elected, it was the ACBC through radio that was used as as a platform to educate people about voting. Right. About what is voting. How do I vote? The the, the medium of, of radio was that was used across, which still happens. And that in its way was promoting peace. Yeah. It doesn't have to be okay there's war, even though there was we were almost on the verge of civil war at that time. But radio was used as a platform to say, this is what you need to do. This is how you do yeah. it. And that becomes an
0: example of peace at a micro level, moving it up onto a micro level. H- how do we play that role in the household? For instance, you as a dad, how did yeah. you speak to your kids about the July unrest of 2021? Well, yeah, it, becomes, it, it,
1: it, really, it, really, it really then becomes a question of saying to the kid, from, 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 from a level of understanding that when you are not happy about a decision that has been made, is your first instinct to throw your toys out? Yeah. Is your first instinct to go, dad, you know what, I'm storming out, I'm throwing everything out of the cupboard because yeah. you have made a decision that I'm not happy about. No, you are able to have your thoughts in different ways. You're able to have your decisions or how you feel communicated in different ways as opposed to the first instinct being, you know what, I'm angry, I'm gonna start throwing on my toys. So that becomes a discussion of, of peace on a micro level from a family perspective. Then you sort of work work work, work your way into 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 workplace. Into workplace yeah. into 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 our, our 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 streets, neighbors, so forth and so on.
0: Yeah. Tata having conversations about things that are divisive is very difficult. There are some people who don't want to talk about the racial divide in the country, and there are some people who do want to talk about it. Bringing those people to the same table is a difficult exercise. There are some people who don't want to talk about the class divide in this country and why the rich keeps getting richer and the poor keeps getting poorer and more rancorous as they keep getting poorer. Those are not easy conversations to have because people are morally implicated in those r- in, in, into those conversations um, and often don't want to engage in it. And radio be- remains the center thereof. Um, but how does re- radio remain a place where you welcome those people in? Because it, 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 it's tough.
2: You see, um, my experience and uh, having learned or grew up under conditions and circumstances of apartheid and oppression and uh, observing political developments around the world, I have come to understand that, in most instances, it is not it is what it is that people benefit as a result of a particular state of affairs. Yeah right under apartheid under apartheid the white people whether they want to accept it or not they were beneficiaries yeah. of a system that was exploitative and brutal but they are in denial even to this day yeah. they would want to say no i am rich because i worked uh-huh. hard for what i have and yet at the end of the day The truth and what they believe in are two different things. They were able to access wealth and acquire wealth primarily because the black people in this country were deprived of access to wealth. And so if you are a beneficiary of the system of apartheid and uh, you have enjoyed a certain standard of living, As a result, you will find it very difficult, even though from a moral and ethical point of view, you realize that this thing is wrong, but it is in your interests, right? To continue to benefit. And that becomes a very, very difficult thing because most of the time we are guided in our actions by... What our pecuniary interests or what are our material interests are. Even in family disputes, you have uh, there's a program that you do, uh, I think in radio, I, in TV, I don't, uh, where, it's titled, Gugitila. La, yeah, and people are fighting over four-roomed houses, yeah, right. Gugitila, where now you don't belong here because la <laughs> will and cons you find young people taking immaleable coco because uh abanyabas busy koko to buy those shoes and bend them <laughs> so to a very great extent it is the material and uh, if uh, you will allow me from uh, Uh, a Marxist point of view it is the material conditions that determine your consciousness and not the other way around your consciousness determining your material Mm. it is what is in it for me that will determine whether I am able to relate to you if I don't think if I think that that phone that you have I uh, you don't deserve it it's mine I'll kill you for it yeah yeah Uh, Tony for me
0: to be able to facilitate conversations that are difficult and bring people with opposing views to the table they all need to trust me but they also need to trust the platform um, and 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 trust in media not just in the SABC if you read the Zonda report uh, but trusting media wholesale across South Africa has slowly and gradually eroded over time uh, and we need to be able to build back the trust to be able to uh, be able to foster those conversations. Do you, as a consumer, trust radio? And then what can you do as a practitioner to enhance that trust? For instance, when you're driving in the Eastern Cape and you see the state of the roads, do you get frustrated enough to call them because you trust that if you do that, they'll treat it with sincerity and that people will listen and that action will be taken? Absolutely. I think the, the, the
1: issue of trust is, is, is two ways. You know, you are you, you. You can't trust and not be trusted. Yeah. From from a platform perspective, if our audience don't trust you as a talent and what you say and the things you say to them, then that's a problem. Yeah. So so the first thing I have to do is to ensure that the talent that we have um, on the station is trustworthy. Yeah. From a from a factual perspective, but also from a content perspective, audience the, the listeners must be able to trust what you say, but also you should be a talent enough to say if i'm if i don't know something you able to say you know i'm not too sure about this yeah that even that even builds more trust because then then they know that this person who's behind the microphone actually takes us into consideration when he's making a point yeah. um if he's not sure he'll go back and 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 find out and and, and come and come back so it's 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 again becoming A balancing act from an editorial perspective you know the editorial independence um is is extremely important you've got to we have um we have the 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 power of the tongue we've got the power of the voice to be able to get people to trust the things that we say the how we say it and who we say it um, through to so for me the the issue of trust is really is really two ways but starts definitely with 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 our our, with our our talent um from editorial perspective things that we, I mean, put Tommy put, um, over here. Um, we hear everything that, that he said. Some of us might know these things, yeah. but, it's, but it's, it's, it's much more interesting to hear it firsthand. And then the issue of trust comes into it. How much do we trust all the things that, that he's saying? And you're able to hear the passion that, 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 that comes out, yeah. out out of um, the things that, that he's saying. So. Trust in radio for me is, 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 is two ways, but it's also built on, 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 on the platform, being able to communicate the truth um, to the audience. If, if you communicate something which we find out tomorrow is not true, the chances of you being trusted the next time that you say something
0: yeah, is almost zero to none. Yeah, Let's see if we can squeeze in one last caller. Hassan uh, Logart from uh, Joburg. Hassan, you're a media practitioner
3: yeah i i'm associated with the benchmarks foundation and we have uh, put together with a number of groups like black sash workers world you name them section 27 people's media consortium so but you know part of my, my uh, i'm in love with radio and uh, i sometimes flirt with tv but my my true love is radio but i've, I've been concerned of recent times about how even the public broadcasters failed to cover some of the issues that was close to their hearts, uh, issues around class, around race, around how we get uh, reparations and rehabilitation to our communities. All those, I think, has it's, it's, it's been sliding down the agenda. As People's Media Consortium, two years ago or so, we raised complaints to the SABC and SAFM in particular for dropping a radio program that we initiated when I was at the teachers' union, that is 14 odd years ago, 16 years ago, and it was called Workers on Wednesday. They dropped it not because of the content. The content was good, diverse, professional, everything else. They dropped it because it was not making money sense to them. If the public broadcaster continues to ape the commercial broadcaster, it will come out second best. It is not its job. Its job is there to cover the unpopular topics that are good for our society. So when Cyril Ramaphosa, our president, underplays our solidarity with Palestine in his speech, there must be discussions about that. You know, when women get raped daily, it should be like it happens in Spain. It becomes a topic of national conversation when there's machismo violence. It does not happen in this country. That is why we condone it, by not talking enough about it, by not structuring programs around it to make sure that this is an ill, a scourge that it shouldn't happen under our watch. You know, so radio is a great equalizer, but it does not help, uh, Oliver, when our, our, our uh, presenters only refer to what is tweeting. The guys on Twitter are six million, right? They are people with opinions yeah. that we can track differently. So we have to look as, at it. There's a the, bigger conversation yeah. there. I'm going to
0: have to leave it there, but thank you so much for your call, really, really do appreciate it. In 30 seconds, Tony, that dilemma is something you think about every day. Every day, every single day. Um, as I said in the beginning, um, what is our
1: fundamental responsibility as a national broadcaster? Um, is it to inform, educate, entertain, or is it for us to bring in, to bring in revenue? And that, is, and that is a conversation that um, is bigger than, 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 than us here, but it's a conversation that we have all the time it's about the balancing act. How do we balance the two? Because at the end of the day, like I said, for us to keep the lights on, we have to pay the bills. And for yeah. us to pay the bills, we have to, we, we, we have to be able to uh, uh, um, uh, um, make, make uh, um, revenue, but not at the expense
0: of ensuring that the nation hears the truth, and nothing but the truth from our platforms. Tony, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Tony Soglo, the business manager for the SABC's Fortune Combo stations, SAFM Radio 2000, as well as Lotus FM. Tommy Ndendeni, who's a former executive here at the SABC, former head of radio here at the SABC, and one of the directors of Radio Freedom. I'm glad he picked up the mic and not a gun before the mic. Tata, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much for the invitation and for allowing me or giving me the opportunity to participate in this uh, uh, conversation can I say just one small thing yeah Yeah. you see if uh, a leadership like uh, not going to use South Africa if uh, a leadership like George Bush says Iraq has weapons of mass destruction and uh, you as a public broadcaster don't investigate that and you actually say Iraq has weapons of mass destruction, which is a lie, yeah. then you have a problem. You I mean did the SBC not broadcast Tabon <laughs> Becky's report for a for a full, a full <laughs> two hours on his own <laughs>
0: <laughs> on his own. I mean I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I remember Tabon <laughs> Becky saying that was not true. Did the public broadcaster not
2: broadcast that <laughs> no no I'm talking from from a universal right, point right. of <laughs> view, right? Yeah. The big broadcasting houses in the world actually said Iraq has weapons of mass mm. destruction, and that allowed the 2003 invasion of Iraq.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You may
2: have, but uh, what is your voice compared to that of absolutely. CNN yeah. or BBC, etc.?
0: We must be able and willing to call truth to power, speak truth to powers, broadcasters, and call out a lie. If it's a lie, even if it's the most powerful president in the, world, in the world perpetuating that lie. That brings us to the end of the program. Thank you so much for your time.